So we're going to do repeal and replace. Very complicated stuff. Tests, office visit, pills, hospitalization. What do they all actually cost? $330 billion with a B. Monday marks the beginning of open enrollment in the health insurance marketplaces. This is confusing. Partially live at my place of business, December 6, 2017. We are your source for health trends, news, and insights. So now it's time to talk about healthcare. Hello, everybody. Hello, Jay. <laughs> Hello, Andrea. <laughs> and uh, this is just a note to everybody that was in the audience. The gremlins got me. The first quarter of this has to be redone, but it's okay. Because we have the show notes. So we did a live show at my place of business today. A whole audience full of actuaries, uh, statisticians, analysts. It was a great show. And I think everybody really enjoyed it. But unfortunately, our recording equipment um, has some gremlins in it. And so we lost just a little bit of the beginning of the show. So we're going to re-record that for you and then play you the live version once we get to that point. So, yeah, it's going to meld right into the live show. How exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> okay, so let's start out with some disclaimers. Uh, I'm Andrea. I'm a health actuary. Uh, I used to work for a major insurance company. Now I work as a consultant. However, my uh, everything I tell you on this podcast is educational. Um, I don't represent anything I say doesn't represent the views of my company, uh, Society of Actuaries, American Academy of Actuaries. Um, also, don't take anything I say on this podcast and go out and start a business. If you need an actuary, go out and hire one. And I'm Jay. I'm just a normal guy. I'm, I'm here to be like everybody else, probably none of you that were in the room. <laughs> but uh, I, the, the idea is if I can understand it, you can understand it. And my normal guy disclaimer is I do not represent Mondays, Ooh. but I sure do represent half day Fridays. I wish I could represent that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited about this show. And uh, I actually got this idea while I was running. Oh, okay. And so while running, I'm in pain. And all I can think of is my dad saying, Jay, you're going to hurt your knees. You're going to you know, be crippled for life, that kind of thing. And then I start thinking, all right, so what is the true cost of being healthy versus sedentary? And uh, I come running right back in. <sighs> Andrea, I got an idea for the show. She's like, take a shower. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so he takes a shower. He comes back. Andrea, I've got an idea for a show. What if we did the cost of exercising and being healthy versus the cost of not being healthy and being lazy none and i said jay it's it's cheaper to be healthy in the long run <laughs> no brainer short show <laughs> it's gonna be a very short show if we do that um so that's not entirely what we're gonna talk about today however to prove my point i went out and found a few studies really interesting so the first one was um 
a Forbes article that was released in September talking about Johns Hopkins researchers, and they created a life simulation. So um, they put in all the probabilities of things happening at different ages, depending on your weight and your current age, and basically simulated costs uh, due to your relative weight and age. Um, so basically what they're calculating is if you start at a certain age at different weights, how much is your health care going to cost up until you die? How much is, uh, how much productivity are you going to lose because of your health care issues? And what they came up with was you save roughly $30,000 if you lose weight and go from the obesity BMI bracket to a normal BMI bracket, $30,000. That is huge. And that's not even all the conditions. That's just a few select conditions and then losses from productivity like missing days at work or, or missing your job. Uh, they also found that it's roughly $10,000 if you go from the overweight category to the normal BMI category. Um, so definitely cheaper in that sense if you are a normal, healthy weight. The other study that I found was um, actually a review of 16 different studies on the effects of sitting for prolonged periods of time, which we all do. We all work, well, not all of us, but a lot of us work office jobs where we sit, sit for eight hours a day. So I wanted to know how... How much exercise do I need to do to counteract this? And the study basically said if you want to be fully healthy and not have that affect you in any way in your life, you need to exercise moderate to vigorous exercise for seven hours a week to counteract sitting. That seems like a lot. It seems of, like a lot of a exercise. Lot, but I guess sitting on your butt for 40 hours a week is also a lot. Yeah, that's true. They also found out that watching TV for any prolonged period of time is basically poison. No, I binge <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> I know. So Death that, by binging. If you do that regularly, you might want to consider some exercise. Um, but... Yeah, that that really hurts you too. Uh, so those are those are uh, the studies that I found. Pretty much, it, it's cheaper to be healthy. Interesting. So now is the fun part of the show where hey, we have a live audience, and so let's uh, uh, right. Let's let's get into the topic first. Um, so we're talking about let's assume you've gotten healthy. You're exercising. Now, what are some ways you can prove to your insurance that you're healthy? And so we went through and we looked at a bunch of different um, possible ways that your insurance could measure your physical, uh, your level of physical activity or your relative physical health. So United Healthcare, they've got a pilot program uh, where you get cash back on your health insurance based on your activity tracker. Uh, so up to $1,500. So here's the other question, though, on activity trackers. Could they use your data? And if you haven't moved or if you've got like a 1,000 steps a day or less, could they use that to ping you? To ping you, to upcharge you. Yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> we don't know. None of this has been explored. So right now we're going to take 
our first poll question. All right, if you've got your phones, audience, the first question is, would you wear an activity tracker in order to save money on health insurance? Your choices are, sure, sounds like fun, or nope, that's an invasion of privacy, or depends on how much money I'd save, or nope, I don't exercise. Vote now. I think we've got votes in. So actually, it looks like quite a few of you would actually participate in this program. You'd wear an activity tracker. We've got one vote that thinks it's an invasion of privacy, which it might be. And we've got a few who would wait to see how much money they'd save before committing to anything. So I'm glad to see no one voted for the last one. (laughs) You might be a liar, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving on to the next topic, big data. I put this one down because there are actually some, there's some interest in looking at people's big data, looking at their social media, everything they put out to figure out how healthy they are. There was a study by the University of Pennsylvania where they mined people's Twitter accounts to predict the incidence of arthritis atherosclerosis, Heather, how do you say it? (laughs) Heart disease. We'll call it heart disease. They mined Twitter and looked at their, um, um, their language that they were using to see if it was positive emotionally, negative emotionally, um, to see if they had negative or positive social relationships. Um, and by using this language mining, they determined they were more predictive of who had heart disease than using 10 traditional risk factors that actuaries actually use. Um, So it was more predictive than looking at things like high blood pressure, smoking, demographics, anything else. So that's something, I, I know it's crazy. So that's something that is a real possibility that someone that a health insurance company could get you to sign off. Sure, you can look at my social media and then either rate you up or down based and on what they find. See, I, I feel that if the insurance company would look at me, personally, I don't think I would be that offended. They might learn that I you know really don't agree uh, with some, I don't know, late night shows, uh, joke of, of the night or, or the ending to... Uh, lost or something, uh, but I, I have—I am one of those people that totally guilts people whenever I do something uh, like exercise and I'm at a finish line. I put my finish line pick everywhere on social media. <laughs> so you would be all over this. Yeah, why you, not? You don't want them to check it. See, I don't tweet at all, so I don't know what they rate me as. Yeah, interesting. So let's try our second poll question. The question is, would you allow mining of your social media data for, and your options are a 2% discount, a 5% discount, a 10% discount, or you might get a surcharge if it shows you're unhealthy, a discount based on your projected costs, or last option, I would never permit this. Vote now. (laughs) 
Wow, the audience has spoken. <laughs> Most people voted that they would never allow this. They would never hand over the keys of their social media to an insurance company. Okay, yeah, yeah I it, could see it's that. It's legit, yeah. But, I mean, the other thought is you as social as a, a person who signed up for social media are putting that out there to the world. They're, you're releasing that information about yourself willingly. So maybe it's, I don't know. I'm, It'll be interesting. It will be yeah. interesting. All right, next topic. Gym memberships. This makes sense to me. You check in using a computer. They know when, when you show up. They know when you leave sometimes. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's saying, hey, I'm willing to work out. Here's my workout patterns. You know, here you go. Okay, here's the wrinkle, though. If gym memberships are maybe included in your health insurance, but maybe in order to get the discount, they track how much you go. And if you don't go a certain number of times, you don't get the discount. Does that change it? Mm. I mean, I could see people... And this is a big city thing. At some gyms, there's uh, I've seen pizza, I've seen alcohol, I've seen a lot of televisions, and, <laughs> and so you could show up, clock in, and then <laughs> get a drink. Our relax. gym has like this vending machine that's just full of junk food, <laughs> and I look at it every time I walk by. <laughs> it might be a skewed, skewed uh, thing, but hey, the intention is good here. Okay, so I did some research, and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota actually does this. Where they, it's cold. Where it's cold, so most people don't want to work out outside in Minnesota. Frequent users who went to the gym more than eight times a month had claim costs that were 18% lower than everybody else. So I'm assuming they gave them a, a nice little discount for going to the gym. And 10% of people eligible for this program have enrolled. So it seems to be going pretty well for... Blue Cross of Minnesota. Now, let's vote. Would you be interested in a gym discount, but with attendance requirements? Your options are, yes, I work out regularly anyway. Unsure, I might not go. No, gyms are gross. Or, no, that's not the purpose of insurance. Vote now. Huh. Okay, we have a split here. It looks like we have about half the audience who would be interested in this kind of incentive. And the other half is unsure, they're not sure they would go to the gym. I'm assuming either because you work out outside or there's not really any good gyms in your area. One person thinks gyms are gross. And really, that should probably be higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, VO2 max. This is something that I'm kind of learning about. Uh, VO2 max, as a runner, it measures your recovery time. Well, any athlete has VO2 max. And so it's the idea of, of being in, in extreme you know, exercise mode and then 
your how much time it takes to get back and there's a lot of data that you can learn with vo2 max so it measures like your heart rate and the amount of oxygen you're able to take into your body all wrapped up in this nice neat little number yeah and there's watches out there that will say okay here's your vo2 max here's the next time we recommend you exercising that it's now healthy too you're not pushing yourself in excess so i found this study on vo2 max um, and apparently it has predictive power. Um, the study measured VO2 max for uh, middle-aged men and then followed them the rest of their life. And apparently it's very predictive of mortality rates, uh, just below smoking, in fact, uh, which I thought was interesting. So it's predictive of your relative health. So it could possibly be used to to look at someone and you could even use it for life insurance to how healthy is this person. Let's go to the polls. The question is, would you submit to a VO2 max test where your results determine your rate? Choices are yes, no, or unsure. Looks like voting has ended, and most people are unsure. I'm I'm guessing they want to know what's involved in a VO2 max test. Yeah. I think it's just like running on a treadmill or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's different ways of measuring it, but regardless, I don't blame you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what yours is. You could get a higher rate and not even Well, and the thing is, it changes. As you become more athletic, your recovery time becomes better. And uh, alternatively, if you're like, yeah, I ran a ma- marathon last year, eh, there's buffets and, you know, it would get worse. <laughs> so um, that brings us to our last topic. Okay. And this one is totally <laughs> hypothetical. I don't know of any insurance company who's testing this, but it could happen. And it could be kind of ah, invasive. Well, okay. Uh, so DNA sequencing. Now, hear me out. There's a company, it's called 23andMe, that takes your blood, pull blood out of your arm, put it in a tube, send it off, and it might be saliva, I don't know. They would run a test, and they're able to sequence your DNA and tell you within percentages how likely you are to a genetic serious issue going down the line. And to me, this kind of feels on a minority report, maybe. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is pure gold for an underwriter. So if you get a full report back of here's all the things that this person is predisposed to, I mean, all, all you'd have left is to figure out what their lifestyle looked like, and you'd have a really good picture of their health. But on the other hand, it seems very invasive. And <laughs> out of the person's control. Yeah. So let's vote. The question is, would you allow insurance to sequence your DNA and provide a rate specific to your future costs? Your choices are absolutely not, maybe, if they gave me a copy of the results, yes, or unsure. All right, I think votes are in. 
And it's pretty overwhelmingly, absolutely not. A few people would like a copy of their results, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That was kind of fun. That was fun. But uh, I don't know about you. I, I kind of need a, a break right now just to Let, let's relax, do a break. let yeah. our mind rest. here and I've been asked to go to HR. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Uh, All right. So we have one more segment we'd like to do and then we may open it up to the audience, see if they have any questions, comments, um, angry outrages about (laughs) our last segment. Uh, So let's talk about what's been going on in the news. Okay, first thing on the list. The tax bill has passed both the House and the Senate. There's a wrinkle, though. The Senate version is repealing the individual mandate, uh, which will actually have maybe a significant impact on the individual health insurance market. So I think the CBO projected that by 2019, 4 million people will be uninsured. By 2027, 13 million people. Uh, it lowers the deficit by $338 billion, and rates will rise on average 10%. Just FYI, that's out there and might happen. And now we can drill in Alaska too, right? Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next uh, health bit of news is that CVS is buying Aetna for $69 billion. Which, that blew my mind CVS had that kind of money to throw around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been buying snacks there for years. <laughs> but this is kind of a, a vertical integration move. They're, they have their minute clinics that you can go in and get prescribed something and then walk 10 feet to get the prescriptions. So put it all in one place. And if you've got the insurance on your side, you can say, give them a discount for going all in one uh, yeah, one-stop shop. That's yeah, huge. Or even narrow the network and make much cheaper plans if you go for all primary care to these minute clinics. Yeah. Uh, so kind of interesting. I think it was also a backlash move to Amazon. Amazon, that's right. Because Amazon has just acquired some wholesale pharmacy licenses to sell in, I think, 12 states. Which is interesting because they did just do the whole Whole Foods thing so now they have brick and mortar it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next five yeah ten years. so amazon might be throwing their hat into the pharmaceutical ring it looks like very interesting finally for our listeners uh over the air i don't think anyone in this room would be affected by this but open enrollment in the health insurance marketplace ends on december 15th in most places so heads up well 
Uh, now is the part where we turn it over to you guys. Uh, question and answer. So there is n- any question, feel free to raise your hand. We have this cool, awesome mic that we can take into the crowd and, and make sure you get recorded. Raise your hand or you know, tell us what you think. Can be questions about the poll we did earlier in the show. Could be questions about health o'clock. We can do some medical questions. Or podcasting or, you know, what I had for breakfast, whatever. Oh, we got a question. On the fitness tracker idea, it seems like that's almost paralleling uh, car insurance where you put the little uh, tracker in your OBD2 port and it tracks your driving habits. And then you might not save anything, but it's giving, it's kind of moving the entire market. Because if everyone's getting a discount, that means that the people that aren't signing up for the program are, are getting an implicit rate increase. Seems like this is kind of going the same direction. Agreed? I think you're right. That example we did with the gym memberships where the people who didn't go to the gym were 18% more expensive. I think in order to give everybody that didn't go to the gym a discount, you're going to have to pull them out of the pool that you're rating, which, yeah, it means everybody else is getting a an increase to balance that out. So, very good thought. Yeah, I didn't. Does I didn't anybody just by a show of hands? Does anybody use the car insurance thing? Because I I've seen that, and I think my insurance makes that available. I considered putting it in my wife's car. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else? There you go. Questions. <laughs> As an underwriter here that works with Andrea, I do health underwriting, and I will say that obesity and being overweight is is very hard on your health, and we see a lot of people that have multiple conditions, very much so related to being overweight, back conditions, knee conditions, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, get healthy. It is super important to keep your weight down. Very, very important. Agreed. Yeah. And the cheapest way of going about this whole medical experience is to uh, avoid hospitals, to stay healthy. All right. So that is, sadly, the end of our show. Thank you, everybody, for paying attention, (laughs) for showing up, (laughs) donating your lunchtime to us. Uh, Definitely subscribe to us. We're everywhere that uh, we showed in our presentation. Rate us on iTunes. That's how... We get the cred and, and move up the rankings and get seen. Um, if you have your phone with you right now, pull it out and download one of those podcast apps. <laughs> um, Podcasting is great. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, thanks again. And have a, a great day. Now, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>